As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we are live, but I'm just going to let it breathe for a second. Make sure the stream is on pace. Everything's good. Looks good. Sounds good. Okay, welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, everything we've been telling our great listeners since the offseason began, that the Broncos are going to utilize free agency to fill their biggest and most immediate needs, which is obviously and evidently on the defensive side of the ball, and then focus on the draft as a means with which to build the offense. That was confirmed, in essence, today in a mailbag that Mike Kliss of Nine News published in one of his answers. He specifies, let me read this to you real quick, and then I want to get your thoughts on it, that the Broncos are going to target and prioritize cornerback, defensive line, and possibly inside linebacker, according to Kliss. Your thoughts? It's everything like we've been saying, like you said, Chad, and, and the Broncos are really going to leave their offensive need for the draft. And uh, I, I'm all for that. It's just in, in terms of how the Broncos want to address those needs. Obviously, they need an inside linebacker. They need all those positions. But is they going to trade for Darius Slay or are they going to sign Byron Jones? That's the determining factor for me as to where I want to sign off on that move or not. They need all those positions. But like we've been saying, offenses through the draft, linemen, receivers, running back, the rest defense on the open market. Yeah, there was a kind of corroborating report that came out this week also from Tony Pauline, who does, you know, he picks up, he's kind of a draft guy and he picks up a lot of buzz. He's been plugged in for a lot of years. And when he kind of takes to the NFL draft trail, as it were, so we're talking Shrine, Shrine Week, Senior Bowl, Combine, the draft itself, he picks up a lot of buzz. And one of the things Tony Pauline has picked up is that the Broncos are one of two expected favorites to land Darius Slay via trade and the other competitor being the LA Rams who you know were recently got in on the on the Jalen Ramsey uh, business so I'm not opposed to Slay it's just a matter of cost you know what is it going to take to pry him off the hands of the Detroit Lions if it's if it's one of the third round picks Zach I could live with that but if it's a second rounder or giving up multiple third yeah maybe spend the money instead of send the picks, and spend the money like you talk about. You know, I'm not going to poo-poo on Pauline. He's a very rock-solid guy. He has great sources throughout the league, but I wonder if he's piggybacking on the fact the Broncos nearly traded for Slay last season, if he's just going on that fact, not really what the latest buzz is. I can see him landing with the Rams, the other team that Pauline mentioned for Darius Slay. I still don't see him coming to Denver, though. I don't see Elway giving up both of those things, a second-round pick and $15 million per year. I feel like for someone like him, it's one or the other. I have no problem paying slay i have no problem getting up a draft pick for him but not both i'd rather give them money to byron jones if all things are equal so the rumor is going to be out there until he he finds his next team darius slay until the lions make a move with them i still have apprehension he's coming to denver the other kind of fun rumor mill tidbit that came out today was someone who was mentioned to us yesterday <clears throat> apologies i can't remember which viewer slash listener asked us about him but the michael pierce who was recently released um, 
Pro Football Focus predicts that he's most likely to sign with the Denver Broncos, projected contract, three years, $5 million per year. Here's what they said, quote, Michael Pierce had a down year in a pivotal contract year. Oh, so my, so he wasn't released. After, po- uh, after uh, posting PFF grades, which are high grades, in his first three seasons, Pierce lowered that mark in 2019. The Broncos might be able to get a bargain for Pierce if he's able to get back to form, and they can play him in a near-identical role to what Shelby Harris played. And, Zach, if that's true, at a $5 million per year cost, it'll come at nearly a third of what it would cost to get Harris. And you know what? I, I really like that, and I, I think that's a better cost-controlled move for Denver. I mean, someone like Michael Pierce, particularly on the defensive line, if they don't want to splurge on Shelby Harris, they don't want to obviously splurge on Chris Jones or maybe even Derek Wolf. Michael Pierce is a guy they can bring in for relatively cheap and have another pocket pusher in the middle, another run stuffer to go along with the players they already have. There's going to be different maneuvers the Broncos can take, but the only player I see Elway splurging on the open market for is Byron Jones. That's the only guy I think worthy of getting $15, $16 million per year other than that though wide receiver offensive line running back that can all be met through the draft maybe inside linebacker but corner for me is the only one i would splurge on and that guy is byron jones nobody else the problem is they need two starting caliber corners i mean if chris harris jr does indeed leave via free agency they're going to need two starting corners so byron jones you know if you throw the money at him and you're able to outbid potential other suitors you got one of those boxes checked, but you still have the other one, and, and you think, well, that's where Bryce Callahan comes in. Maybe he does. Maybe he you know, recovers from this last foot surgery that he had in the middle of the fall and you know, returns to the form that he was playing in under Fangio in that last year in Chicago. You can't count on it, and you can't count on Devontae Bosby bouncing back to the same form he was in because you got to remember, by the time Devontae Bosby got to the 2019 regular season and he had made the Broncos' 53-man roster – Zach, he'd been playing football nonstop for about 18 months in real time because of the AAF. And so he had some real momentum, and you don't know what this neck injury is going to cost him when it comes to that momentum he's built up. So back to your point, throwing the money at Byron uh, Jones, I'm not opposed to that at all. I'm all for it. But you also have to budget to grab one other guy, and maybe it's a secondary market guy. Maybe you end up just saying, you know, we're going to try and find that guy in the draft. I think they're going to try and and go after Jones – and I think they're going to try and keep Chris Harris if they can. They're going to try and find a way. doesn't mean they will, but I think they need two guys. And it makes sense if you, you get the number one outside guy and then you get your, your number two corner, Chris Harris Jr., best served in that role. And they have the money this year, Chad, to do it. It's not a pipe dream. There's no roster math that has to be done. They don't have to cut any players to make that happen. They have the money to bring both of those guys into the fold. Uh, a more realistic outcome, though, I think, would be like signing Byron Jones, 15, let's say 15 per year, then bringing in uh, a Ronald Darby, a, a mid-tier free agent for five, six million dollars. You have two capable starting cornerbacks. You have Bryce Callahan coming back. You have Devontae Bosby coming back. Then you have four. You could add another one in the draft. You have your safeties locked down. Then suddenly the secondary looking much better with those two players in the fold. Guys, I'm sure we're going to get to a lot more when it comes to free agency because today is, of course, the Mile High Mailbag. We are your football priests. Each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And we're going to get to them here in just one second. First, a couple of really quick matters of business. Guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Living with chronic pain is the worst. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. 
Many of our listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopped them from exercising. I know I have. Perhaps it's been ongoing for a few weeks now and hasn't improved with any of the treatments they've tried. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and provide an improved muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is, this 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and the relief lasts up to 8 hours, which is much longer than the -the over-the-counter products. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount, you guys, also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code OVERTIME. That is O-M-A-X health.com and enter code OVERTIME to get 20% off CryoFreeze and site-wide. All right, Zach, let us grab a question here and welcome in everybody ryan's good to see you back noble young dre addison buona beast brent what's up let's grab brent here on youtube he says what do you guys think about everson griffin as a potential broncos free agent target now this is this is one of the storylines from today uh breaking news that uh the contract he had with the vikings included a you know he can opt out if he hit a certain threshold statistically from the previous season and he decided to opt out of his contract and hit unrestricted free agency. I mean, you got Von Miller, you've got Bradley Chubb. I don't see in any realistic way that he could end up in Denver. Yeah, I mean, he's a he was a great player from Minnesota, and uh, he's going to be pretty costly on the open market. Good pass rusher, but like you said, Chad, they already have the horses there. They might re-sign Shelby Harris or Derek Wolf. They might draft someone like Ken Law. They might you know sign another lineman, another defensive lineman. I don't see Griffin coming to Denver. It'd be weird to see him out of a Minnesota uniform, in fact, but uh, good target, good question. I just don't see it happening. Hunter jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Hunter. Thank you, Hunter. donation. He says, for all of Elway's faults, he's been great at finding second, third wave talent, as you guys have said. Focus on Byron Jones, I assume you're talking about here, my friend, and Justin Simmons and let the rest of uh, the chips fall or the rest of the chips will fall. I don't completely disagree with that at all. I just think that, you know, you've you've got to – that you can't ignore the defensive line. That's the big thing. All right. So I, I'm halfway there with you, Hunter, on Jones and, and Simmons, of course. We know the Broncos are going to do whatever it takes to keep Simmons in town, even if that makes for, uh, means franchise tagging him. But you got to address that D line, gaping hole on the defensive line. Now, maybe that just means you're going to get Derek Wolf re signed, maybe go after a Michael Pierce or a, a Hargrove or, the, or Hargrave, excuse me. There's a few other options out there, including Jordan Phillips from Buffalo, that you can get on the relative cheap. As you say, they're Hunter second, maybe third wave caliber free agents. But Zach, you've got to make sure you're spending that money to get the D line. You got to have three starters on the D line. Right. So your RFA, uh, Mike Purcell, and he's kind of penciled in as your starting nose tackle. You still need to get a starting five tech on each side of him. Maybe Derek Wolf ends up being one of those guys, but you got to get at least one other outside guy. Yeah, I'm with you on that entirely. You know, those are the biggest uh, keys is having Byron Jones in the fold and having Justin Simmons back in the fold. And then one of those two is probably a guarantee to happen. Byron Jones is a possibility, but you cannot ignore the defensive line. Whether that means re-signing Shelby Harris or Derek Wolf or both, or adding someone like DJ Reader. It's not going to be Chris Jones, but someone like Chad mentioned, uh, uh, Jordan Phillips, perhaps on in a, in a short-term, low-money deal. You have to bring in talent to stock the cupboard because right now you don't have enough. I don't think Elway wants to rely solely on Demarcus Walker and Draymond Jones this coming up season. All right, let's grab one here. Let me see. I just skipped over from uh, – nope. That, well, we'll grab you, Lorenzo. Hold on. Well, let's grab it. He says uh, on Facebook, he says, hey, guys, how do you feel about the extra week and the additional two teams that would be added to the new playoff scenario that the NFL is considering for the new CBA? If you guys missed that today, it's uh, a real possibility that what could happen is you get an extra week of football in the regular season, one less preseason game, which sounds good on the surface for fans anyway. 
And then they want to change the NFL playoff gauntlet to include seven teams making it. And only one of those teams gets a buy. So in the current model, you got six teams getting in two, the top two seeds get a buy in this model. Only the number one seed would get the buy. And then, you know, the, the others would vie to, to try and get through. But what are your thoughts, Zach? I don't like it. I mean, I, I don't like sake, change for the sake of change. I don't like fixing what's not broken. When's the last time a wild card team won the Super Bowl, Chad? It's been, what, a decade or multiple years, and now you're going to add another team in the fold when normally it's the one or two seed who normally ends up winning the title. So I don't like it at all. I think the NFL is just looking to experiment like they usually do, like pass interference last season. But this is a huge change that changes the whole landscape of the game, and I don't think it's going to benefit anyone. It's going to just water down and pollute the, the parity in the NFL. I, I don't agree with it at all. I think the best tweet I saw on this topic came from Benjamin Albright today, in which he said, do you really want 44% of NFL teams in the playoffs? I'm saying. I mean, you're, you're diluting the product. Yep. As you said, don't fix what ain't broke. The NFL is king for a reason, and I understand why NFL owners want to add an additional regular season game because it's just it means additional revenue. I get that. And I could maybe get on board for for that, but I don't. I'm not into changing the playoff structure as it stands now, unless you added more teams. Now, if you expanded the league and were able to create maybe a, you know one additional team or four additional teams, let's say, it would make more sense to me. But at this stage, I don't see it. Um, Avalanche Bronco on YouTube says, "How much more would Chris Jones cost than Shelby Harris?" Well, what we're seeing is SpotTrack projects Shelby Harris's value on this market to be around $12 million. Chris Jones, the rumor is he's going to be worth about $18 million per mm. year. So that's a significant gap between those two, Zach. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Chris Jones is, is pretty much approaching not franchise quarterback money, but NFL quarterback money, and that's too much to pay for You know, when you have Drew Locke coming down the pipe and all the other players like Von Miller taking up significant amount of salary cap space. Shelby Harris would be a bargain con- compared to Chris Jones, but in the overall sense, it's still a lot of money, $12 million to pay Shelby Harris. It's something we have to see if Elway is open to if he wants to go that high for someone of his caliber. One of our true super chat superstars, Christy, jumps in. Ten dollar yes. donation, super chat. You are the bomb. We appreciate you, Christy. Keep up the great work, guys. I have to run. Softball season is in full swing. <laughs> Good luck. Hope uh, hope you kick some butt. Um, appreciate you, Christy. That means a ton to us. Let's grab one up here from our friend Kareem. Let me let me find this. I passed it. Now I got to go back up and grab it. Bear with me, guys. Here it is. He says, thoughts on the Broncos trading for Brandon Cooks. The Rams need the cap relief. This was, you know, the buzz is going on that the Rams might cut him. And if so, he's one of those burners. It would make a lot of sense. Similar to, who was it, Paul Richardson from the Redskins that was tangentially kind of connected to the Broncos. It would make a lot of sense. The question is, if he does end up cut, what are you willing to pay him? when you could probably get similar, if not better, production out of a rookie on a rookie contract in this class that is remarkably deep at wide receiver. I'm kind of torn on the issue because Cooks is a great player, but again, cost comes into play for me. I mean, not to crap on the question, but I don't really care if the Rams need salary cap relief. That's not the Broncos' problem. If they want to cut Brandon Cooks, I'm willing if for Denver to explore the possibility of him taking a prove-it deal. But like, I don't really want any veteran retread burners on this team in this offense. I am much more inclined, whether it's the first or second round, Chad, to get that rookie receiver younger, faster, cheaper, higher upside, fits the Broncos' scheme better than just shoehorning in another veteran guy. So I am not on the Brandon Cooks bandwagon, nor really any veteran receiver out there you know the devil's advocate role is you know the devil you know is better than the devil you don't or one in the hands worth two in the bush cooks is a known quantity so there's your one in the hand right being being better than two in the bush two wide receivers in this draft that might perhaps be better but you don't know whereas this guy's proven so i understand why some fans would be interested in that but again if we weren't going into a draft season in which the broncos had five picks in the top 100 and this was an historically deep wide receiver class i think both of us would be a little bit more amenable to the idea we're not ruling it out but we'll see how it shakes out goodness gracious dw nine six seven three four jumps in with both feet on super chat thank you so much you're up there in the top uh, two. Or, you're up there in the top three or four biggest um, donations on Super Chat. Appreciate you. That Call means a fan. Yes. That's, I mean, Thank that's you. unbelievable. 
says, hoping at least four quarterbacks and a number of wideouts go ahead of us at 15. Right now I'm hearing there are so many good wide receivers in this draft. It only makes sense to take another top position at 15. So we going to meet you guys in Vegas <laughs> on the 23rd. Um, there's a really good chance that's going to happen. Zach and I are, are figuring out exactly what we're going to prioritize on the, on the draft trail uh, this year. And it's probably going to be, that we'll see how it shakes out. We'll have some news we're going to be announcing here very soon. Stay but, tuned. Uh, stay tuned for that. But but yeah, Vegas is is definitely on the table. And if so, absolutely, we'd be down to meet up with any of uh, our great listeners that are there. We have a party, hang out, eat some wings, throw a few back, whatever, and uh, maybe do a live pod with everybody. It could be fun. The idea though of four quarterbacks and a, and a couple of wide receivers going ahead of the Broncos at fifteen. Very real possibility. I saw a report today that they're expecting three quarterbacks to go in the top 10. All right, so there, there's three slots taken off the board for you. I also saw this was something uh, Nick Kendall wrote about today. Now, he was sourcing a podcast, uh, Move the Sticks, this information coming out, that if Henry Ruggs just blows the door down at the combine, he's probably not going to be on the table for the Broncos at 15. He's going to probably go in the top 10 at some point. You got to expect probably CD Lamb goes in the top 10, if not, or the top 15, and maybe Jerry Judy. But if that's how it shakes out, Zach, the Broncos still, I mean, even if it ends up being only Rugs who gets selected or only Lamb or only Judy, they're going to have some options of either of those guys at 15. But I'm still saying, stand pat. And, you know, so long as Javon Kinlaw's knee passes muster at the combine or, you know, one of the top tackles is there, Werfs, whoever it might be. Right. Go, go non-wide receiver, blue-chip talent there, or cornerback, as opposed to – and get the wide receiver later. We've been hammering on that point now. Our show has for a while. You know, the, even if three quarterbacks go, let's say, in the top ten, it obviously pushes uh, you know receivers down the board for the Broncos. But even if receivers go before the Broncos pick, they're going to have a guy fall on their laps that meets a position of need, whether it's Ken Law, whether it's a cornerback like Okuda, whether it, it might be even uh, Christian Fulton if, if he slides to that spot or he works his way up you know, in the pre-combine, the pre-draft process. They're going to be able to take someone they need on defense or offense regardless if it's on a wide receiver. So they're in a good position at 15 no matter how the board breaks to get someone they need, could be an instant impact player, if not starter. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real. Is there really a crime going on or not? All the alarm company can tell them is the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Security, though, is different. 
If you're like me and you're one of those guys who's hypersensitive to every single sound and is tired of having to sleep with a knife under your bed, Simply Safe is the solution. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself, no tools are needed, or Simply Safe can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day. That's peace of mind with no contracts. Visit simplysafe.com slash overtime and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash overtime so they know that our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime. Um, I want to bring the, I almost forgot to do this. Mike, AKA cartoon triple sevens. Ron, I'm going to grab your question one second. So I don't forget your next up, Ron cartoon. This is the guy right here. Triple sevens, Mike, we got your email. And the good news is another listener, a like-minded listener like you actually reached out to me. And there is a platform that we can use for real time polls. And uh, so Richard, Shout out to you. One of our listeners in Germany reached out and clued me in on this. So we're going to start looking at that and figuring out a way and setting it up between now and the draft to uh, do some mocks that involve you, our listeners, in real time where we can try and reach consensus. You're never going to reach consensus when you've got a thousand people in a room all trying to you know, have their own voice heard and whatnot. But we'll try and get to as close to it as we can. So, and I know I didn't reply directly back to your email yet, but that's why I'm bringing it up here. So appreciate you reaching out, bro. Ron jumps in super chat, $10 Thank donation, you, becoming one of the true superstars on super chat. He says with Pat Shermer as the new OC, I can see Stefan Diggs coming to Denver. I know you guys aren't a big fan, although he and Sutton are like, he can take some pressure off of Sutton. And we also, we can also draft speed. I'm a little bit more amenable to the idea just based on some of the stuff that uh, Eric Trickle wrote earlier this week. I went back and watched some of the film. He compared him a lot more for what it's worth. It's not exactly the same body type. In fact, I would argue that uh, Diggs' body type, Zach, is closer and more akin to Cortland Sutton than it is Emmanuel Sanders. But Eric compared him from a skill set perspective, Diggs, to Sanders. And Sanders and Sutton, even though they butted heads, they were complementary wide receivers. They checked different boxes and allowed the Broncos to attack uh, in a more balanced way you know, through the air. So I'm a little bit more amenable to it. But again, Ron, we get back to that same question of what's it going to cost you. I don't deny it would be a good fit as far as Shermer you know, playing in the offense. He knows the offense. He knows the coach. That would seem to make sense, but it just boils down, Zach, to cost. It's the same thing as Darius Slay. I'd have no problem signing Stephon Diggs or trading for him, but not both, especially when he has a diva-type attitude, especially when he's getting up there in age now, and you can get a younger player at a position of need who's faster for, for the system, who's a, a true Emmanuel Sanders or a true Tyree Kill, younger, cost-controlled. There's just more upside of drafting that guy than to trade for Stephon Diggs. And even if they do, by happen chance, they're not going to go and draft a guy in the first round. They're not going to double-dip at that spot. That's, in, that's investing a lot for a wide receiver who who has personality issues and you know things you have to worry about, character issues. And let me tell you something. If the Broncos did not have Pat Shermer, we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. That's the only link between the Broncos and Stephon Dix, aside from a loose knee for someone like comparable to his skill set, than Pat Shermer. So I, I still don't see it happening, nor really do I want it to. Black Knight, 232 on YouTube, he says, Why is no one talking about Mackenzie Alexander, the corner from the Vikings? His stats are better than Byron Jones. He's younger, would be cheaper than Jones, and would allow us to spend money elsewhere. I actually, I remember when he was coming out, Alexander uh, coming out into the draft, and Eric did a lot of work on him in our Finding Broncos series, and he is an interesting player, and I I think he's one of those guys, Black Knight, for what it's worth that the Broncos are definitely going to have on their big board, you know, as it were, their free agent big board, just not as a first wave guy. They're going to probably wait and see what happens in that first wave with regard to him. What we're hearing, though, is Byron Jones is a top priority. 
So they might be able to have their cake and eat it too, Zach. They might be able to go out and sign a Byron Jones to big money deal and also sign McKenzie to a little bit more team friendly. There you just, now you've got two starting corners that can give you a little more freedom. You're not so dependent on Bryce Callahan bouncing back. Yeah, and that's exactly what I we were saying earlier is that they have to have two cornerbacks in the full, but there's a way to do it where they don't have to kill their salary cap. But even if they want to open the pocketbook, they have the option this year. They have the capital to acquire two starting caliber cornerbacks. I would almost rather take a combination of Byron Jones and Alexander over Byron Jones and Chris Harris Jr. You're still getting two starting caliber players, but they're, you're going to save at least, I would say, $7 million, $6 million. You can put that money elsewhere. You can fix the secondary. The Broncos have options on the open market. But if they splurge on a player like Byron Jones, who is one of the top free agents, regardless of position, I don't think they're going to turn around and pay Chris Harris another $12, $13 million a year. So a mid-tier guy would be more realistic and certainly plausible. Yeah, keep it all in mind. And I you know, I think that's a great point that you're picking out there, Black Knight, that he's, he's unheralded. No one's talking about him, and we should be. So duly noted. Uh, Stu McPeak, Jeez, our Stu. number one wow. super chat superstar dives in and it's not the first time he's been that generous to the show and uh you're up there obviously not only in single individual donation right you're the number one dude we appreciate you so much thank you so much and yes. um you know we uh, we look forward to seeing and talking to you on each and every show you are the man Stu. he says what do we draft first and by the way Stu, let me know when you get that hat dude i know you got the hoodie let me know when you get the hat uh what do we draft first wide receiver o-line or defensive line zach as much as I don't necessarily agree with it, I still think there's a good chance it ends up being a wide receiver first. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the tea leaves are just pointing to that, and there's it's a really deep class, and I think someone like Ruggs is going to fall in the Broncos' lap, and to supplement Drew Locke correctly, I think they're going to just pull the trigger on that. But regardless, one of those three positions should be available for the Broncos, and they're the, the three biggest needs for Denver. So they should be able to come out of the first round, chat with a blue-chip prospect and immediate day-one contributor. Let's grab uh, Keandre, who is catching us live for the first time. Good to have nice. you in. It's good to see you. On YouTube, he says, my first time catching a live chat. How do you guys feel about our odds to land Henry Ruggs or C.D. Lamb? Go Broncos. I think the odds are 50-50 that one of them will be there mm-hmm. at 15. It's just a matter of getting back to what Stu was talking about. Do the Broncos end up pulling the trigger on a wide receiver in the first round, knowing it's such a deep class, or – I think, honestly, Zach, that question is going to be dictated by the board. It's who went ahead of them, who's still on the board. Um, But I think it's a solid chance, Keandre, that at least one of those guys, and the closer we get to the draft, it's feeling like it's probably going to be more likely to be C.D. Lamb, which, you know, four weeks ago we never would have said that compared to Henry Ruggs. It's true what you said. It's dependent on the board, but the board is dependent on the pre-draft process. How these receivers measure up between now and the NFL draft will determine in what order they go. It could be Lamb on the board at 15. It could be Ruggs on the board at 15. Either or should be in the Broncos' lap, though, and the Broncos, I think, will pull the trigger to give Locke the weapon he needs. Terry jumps in on Super Chat up in Canada, proving, as always, that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Appreciate you, brother. He says, hey, guys, so many silly stories linking us with guys like David and Joku. What are some of the most foolish you've heard? Probably the – it's not so much a story, <laughs> but the odds makers yes. making the Broncos one of seven likely landing spots for Teddy Bridgewater. Yep, yep, yep. To me, that was just completely asinine. And we dissected that last night for those of you who missed it. Go back and check out that episode. And I also uh, debunked it in a written article. Yeah, that was my answer for that, Chad. But I've heard, you know, loose rumors and loose fan conjecture linking the Broncos to Tom Brady and all these other, and even Darius Slay for me. I mean, it's not Slay so much as Stephon Diggs. That, to me, I wouldn't say it's silly or stupid, but it's just very implausible when you consider the Vikings. Why would they give up a centerpiece player, and why would the Broncos give up two sets of capital for a guy they can just draft for relatively pennies? So that's the silliest things I heard. But Bridgewater, for me, takes the cake. Jim on YouTube has a good question. He says, what do you guys think about signing Nick? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. Kwiatkowski, Kwiatkowski uh, in free agency. Now, for those of you who aren't sure who that is, he is has kind of been a depth linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Played, I think, his first three years under Fangio. So knows the scheme. Fangio is familiar with him as a, let's say, you're not able to get uh, – Joe, what's his name from the Browns? Short, Shorbert. Yeah. You're not able to get Shobert. 
Maybe Danny Trevathan, you're a little too freaked out about his health. Maybe Corey Littleton signs elsewhere. This guy would make a lot of sense as a depth guy. Now, I don't think he's going to come in and change the game. I don't think he's even necessarily – he's definitely not a guy that you expect to be the long-term starter opposite of A.J. Right. Johnson. But as a depth piece and as a bolstering the unit type of move, solid. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like if the Broncos go out and sign an inside linebacker in free agency, it's going to be a starting caliber guy like like a Schobert or like a Corey Littleton. If they're not going to go out and guy and get another depth player, they have that in Josie Jewell right now. They need a starter opposite A.J. Johnson. So ultimately, I think that guy will come through the draft because as Fangio and Elway showed last year, they don't really invest too heavily in inside linebackers. I would not mind uh, Nick as a, a depth piece, like you said, Chad, but definitely not a starter. Littleton, to me, is my number one target at inside linebacker in free agency. Ooh, you heard it here first, guys. Kelberman likes Littleton, the <laughs> LA Ram. Go check him out. All right, from awesome, awesome one, 1102 Broncos. Killer handle there, my friend. He says, hey, guys, on YouTube, do you think the Broncos could get Javon Hargrave? I think he'd be a great fit, and he's always getting pressure on the quarterback. I do. In fact, he's one of the under-the-radar kind of second-tier D-line free agents that Eric Trickle picked out end of December. He's been talking about him for a couple months now, to be honest with you, tying him as a, you know, talking about him as a potential target. Eric knows a lot of people. He's, he's, he's connected to a, a, the scouting community and he hears things. Um, and he's often right on these type of things. I, I can't tell you how many finding Broncos articles I've published in which he says, here's the scouting report. Here's the pros. Here's the cons. This is a guy that fits the Broncos. Go get him. Uh, just off the top of my head, D'Angelo Henderson. Now he didn't work out in Denver, obviously, but He's one. There's been multiple. If he's talking, Eric, about Hargrave, there's a good chance he's on the Broncos' radar, and I do think, Zach, he would make a lot of sense. You know, he wasn't able, I think, to fully shine in Pittsburgh, but I do think working with Fangio, working with Bill Kalar, man, he could he could step in and be that other starting five tech. Now, he's not going to bring the type of production that Chris Jones could, but you don't necessarily need that when you right. have Vaughn Miller and right. Bradley Chubb. And the scheme and the coaching, for sure. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And and that's for, fortunately for the Broncos, even if they look past Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf, this defensive line class in free agency is relatively deep. You have DJ Reader. I don't think Chris Jones is a possibility, but someone like Hargrave, for sure, at, at a relatively short-term deal, uh, incentivized, fairly low guarantees, can come in and be a surprise starter, can push, get some sacks this year. That's a guy I'd love to see thrive in a Vic Fangio defense. The Steelers are kind of similar in that they have an attacking 3-4 setup, and and Vic Fangio obviously loves to run that as well. So, guy, if they miss out on getting a Chris Jones, if they miss out on getting a high-priced guy like a DJ Reader or someone above them, I would not mind at all if they settled one notch below that for someone like Hargrave. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Our friend Discount Audio and Wills, D-A-W, jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Or sister, I don't know. Brother or sister. <laughs> YouTube demographics tell us it's probably brother. Hey, fellas, would you consider trading back a few spots in the first to still pick up a wideout, and with that pick, we go get a corner like A.J. Bouye maybe? Depends on who was on the board at the time when you traded back, who you might be risking losing out on. But uh, if you're si- if you're saying that scenario is still picking up a wide receiver, are you saying in the first round? Or are you saying get one later on? You know, it's it's fun to spitball these type of things. But AJ Bouye, the more I think about him, the more I like the idea of the Broncos knocking on that door in Jacksonville and seeing what it's going to take. And if you could get him for a fifth round pick, which let's remember, Akib Talib was a four time Pro Bowler, and yeah. He was, I think, at 30 or just past 30 when the Broncos traded him away. But what they get? Was it? A, you probably had the write-up for us, Zach. Was I, think, prob- I think it was a fourth-rounder. F- yeah, a conditional fourth, I believe. Might have even been a fifth because I think it was Sanders was the fourth. Either way, fourth or fifth, that would be a great value to get a corner like A.J. Bouye. The thing is, though, I think his situa- situation will be resolved by the time the draft rolls around. So it might not, they might not be able to wait that long into the first round and use that pick. If that's, if I'm reading the cr- question correctly, if they want to use the pick they would get from a trade back, uh, to get someone like AJ Boye, I think he's going to be resolved though before that even happens. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not a proponent of trading for the sake of trading. They did it last year with Noah Fan. I, I understand why they did it now coming around to it, but there's going to be a lot of talent on the board of 15. They can have a receiver fall on their lap. They can have Kinlaw. They can have an offensive lineman, a starter there. I, I would not trade back just for the sake of trading. This is the year, in fact, the Broncos to trade up if they like a guy so much because they have the capital to do so. All right, let's grab Ariel on uh, Super Chat. Appreciate you, Ariel. Thank you, Ariel. This is a little bit off topic, but you guys think Von Miller will remain a Bronco for the remainder of his career or at least get an extension. You know, the fan in my, in me, you know, my fan heart says yes. The pragmatist, the, you know, basically I look at it like this. If Von has another season, if 2020 production wise, and look, it's not all about sacks. Okay. Von still contributed significantly hurries and whatnot and pressures on the quarterback. But let's face it, guys. He wasn't the impact, flash, dominating player he's been in years past. And so if if he has another season like that in 2020, guys, where he's kind of fair to middling, doesn't get to, to double-digit sacks, the Broncos, there's a good chance they're going to come to him straight up and say, hey, take less money. And if he doesn't, I mean, that's just the way these things go. So in a perfect world, I'd love to be able to tell you, Ariel, that he's going to be a Bronco for the remainder of his career. Neither one of us have a crystal ball. All I can tell you is if he posts another season in 2020 like this last one, it's going to force the conversation. So let's all just hope that doesn't happen because if he keeps knocking them out of the park, then it becomes a, a, non, a non-issue and you know the Broncos are going to keep him around if that means giving him an extension, et cetera. That was exactly my thought process as well, Chad. I think this season coming up will determine Von Miller's future in Denver. If he has another sagging type year under Vic Fangio, then it's looking like he doesn't fit his scheme, and they're going to probably choose Fangio over Von Miller, get him off the books, and free up some cap space there. But if he returns to prior form and it looked like he was starting to turn a corner at the end of last season, then I think they'll keep him around at at a new contract, and I think it'll come for both sides where it's fair. It won't plummet the Broncos' salary cap. It'll pay Von Miller commiserate to what he's worth, and they can go forward from there. But... Gun to my head right this second on February 20th, 2020. I think he will last in Denver f- for a few more years. I don't know about retiring in Denver, but I, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. But I think that will be shaped by what he does or doesn't do this coming up season. Quentin on YouTube. Uh, could a reunion with Emmanuel Sanders happen or have all the bridges been burnt? All the bridges have been burnt. Mm-hmm. He's going to end up either resigning in San Fran I think it was PFF in that same article that connected, you know, predicted Pierce signs with Denver, um, predicts he signs with the with the Patriots, which would be a, you know, it would make a lot of sense, especially if Tom Brady ends up staying, which, you know, we don't know how that's going to shake out, but it would make sense because Sanders, you know, he's played for the Steelers, went to a Super Bowl, played for the Broncos, went to a Super Bowl, played for the Niners, went to the Super Bowl. So he's playing, he, he's, he kind of fits with the upper echelon teams in the league. Wouldn't surprise me if he ends up there at all. 
The bridges weren't just burned. I mean, the Broncos collected the ashes and destroyed those as well, Chad. He is not coming back to Denver, and, and Elway has shown that he has no interest in bringing back any former player. He just, when he cuts bait, he cuts bait permanently, and there's no really place for Emmanuel Sanders anymore. He's not going to be a mentor. He's not in his prime anymore. The Broncos did the right thing by replacing him. Now they have to complete the process and get his full-time replacement on the roster in the starting lineup. He's not coming back and I think, um, you know, like you said, Chad, I think it serves him well being on a contending team where he can go win a title or come close to one. Jonathan on YouTube jumps in. He says, does Devontae Bosby come back? Does he come back in terms of, you know, health? Or does he come back in terms of signing his, I think he's an RFA? He's either an RFA or an ERFA. I'll, I can double check that. But anyway, the Broncos, he's under team control still for this year. So he's going to come back there. He's healthy. He will be back in the orange and blue. But does he return to that encouraging? I mean, the one thing you got to love about Bosby, not a great tackler, a willing tackler, just not a great physical tackler. Like that's one thing you can say Isaac Yadam does better than him. However, what Isaac Yadam does not have, which he does, is a great feel for the game, the ability to bait quarterbacks, his click and close. He's a much better fit for the zone scheme where he can kind of sit back, react, crash onto the ball. Then a guy like Yadam who was cut out to be, you know, a key to lead light in a man coverage scheme. So does he come back? I think there's a good chance. In fact, I probably be more, I'm more bullish on him returning to form than I am Bryce Callahan. I'm worried about mm. it. It's a good point, Chad. And yeah, Bosby, I love watching him play last year, watching him develop in the system, and he had, his ball skills are just on point, and he really fits a Vic Fangio defense to a T. I think the neck injury will be manageable. I don't think it's going to hurt his, his long-term outlook, and he's a guy who can come in and compete, not maybe for starter snaps because they're going to address that spot this offseason, but he can be a key piece of this defense. I'm excited to watch him blossom with a full offseason and a full season in the Vic Fangio defense. Paul Romero. How has the emergence of Mahomes and the Chiefs affected the Broncos' future going forward? This feels like a baiting question. <laughs> like I'm being baited into something, that we're being baited into something, but I'll answer it. It's a problem, dude. What do you want us to say? He's the best young quarterback in the league right now, yep. Patrick Mahomes. He's, a, he's not just an emerging superstar. He's a bona fide superstar. And just like the Vikings, Bears, and uh, you know had to compete with the Packers and Brett Favre for all those years – when you have an all-timer or a upper echelon quarterback, you got to up your game. You got to step up. And I think the Broncos are doing what it takes. They still have a few more pieces they got to add in order to fight fire with fire, as we've been telling you. But, you know, it's, it's an obstacle, but such is the landscape of competitive pro sports in America, Zach. Yeah, and like we've been saying, even that, even after the Super Bowl, Chad, the Broncos have to be their own team. They cannot rely on what the Chiefs are doing. They cannot model themselves after the Chiefs or try to emulate them. They have to be their own team with their own franchise quarterback, and they have the defense in place to kind of contain Patrick Mahomes, but like how it's going to affect the Broncos' future is, like you said, fighting fire with fire. Having your franchise guy, having the weapons to go toe-for-toe with Patrick Mahomes to battle for the AFC West for years to come, that's going to shape what the Broncos do, and correctly so. Even without the Chiefs' emergence, they have the franchise guy in place, and they have to supplement him with as much weaponry and support as possible. I did just block a Chiefs troll. If you see another one, guys, uh, bring it to our attention. We'll we'll get them out of here too. We don't mind Chiefs fans participating in the conversation, but if you're just coming in to be a troll and start SHIT, we're going to bounce you on out of here. Evan jumps in. Super chat. Thank McKinley, you, Evan. $10 donation. Appreciate you, Evan. Dream offseason. Resign. Simmons, Wolf, McGovern, Riddick, Purcell, Parks, Spencer, Acquire, uh, Byron Jones, Ronald Darby, Mackenzie Alexander, DJ Reader, Paul Richardson, Long, and Finney. Thoughts? Hey, man, that would be a very much a dream type of offseason. Yeah, I mean, think about it, though. Max contract for Simmons, max contract for Byron Jones, $10 million a year for Wolf, $10 million a year for McGovern. You're running out of money now, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like Paul Richardson's going to – he's not going to command top dollar, but it's going to take a pretty penny to get him to sign in Denver. McKenzie, Darby, um, in a perfect world, in the it would be the dream. You know, but it's like so many dreams we have, my friend. That one's a little bit unrealistic. But I like where you're thinking because those are all players that I could see being great fits for the Denver Broncos. 
And like, you know, most dreams are open to interpretation. I, I agree with some of these players. I, I definitely want to bring back Justin Simmons. I, I would want to bring back a player like Derek Wolf and Connor McGovern, but they're not must for me. And uh, aside from Byron Jones, none of those free agents really blow up my skirt, you know, to put it in a different term. It, it's just it, what certain players want and certain people want from those players is all subjective. The Broncos realistically will not have that much ability to bring in that many players. They're going to have a capped limit of what they can do. Even they have a lot of money, they're going to have to devote it to certain areas and also hold some money back for a rainy day, for contracts for Lindsay, for a lock down the road, for a sudden. They cannot just blow it all this offseason. So you bring in a lot of talent, it's going to help the Broncos, but they have to really budget and pick and choose where they want to go with that money. Kareem has a, a question. He says, what's the deal with Bryce Callahan? How much dead cap if he's cut? And are we counting on him playing next season? I don't know about counting on Kareem. The Broncos, I mean, yes, you got to count on him because he's being paid $7 million this year to to be a true role player and contributor, starter-level player. It depends on his, on his recovery. And the good news is they tried to kind of find every which way except surgery to get him through that foot thing. That's why they delayed it so long. And then finally they just realized they, could get, they couldn't get anywhere. So they put him under the knife. And I think there's some real hope from the team that this procedure, doing it the right way, you know, putting him on IR and then getting him the surgery. Zach, I think there's a good chance he bounces back. Can you count on him? No. But let me tell you, he's going to be in orange and blue for this season. After this season, all bets are off. The Broncos were to cut him tomorrow, $6.1 million in dead money. And they would only save $1.6 million on the cap. So he's going to be a Bronco this year. Let's just all hope that that surgery was just what the doctor ordered and he's going to bounce back. Yeah, he's definitely not getting cut, and it's like we've been saying, it's like the Broncos are getting a brand new free agent this year, and if he's not healthy, Chad, after missing an entire season and having rest and having all these treatment options, he is never going to be fully healthy, and that was on Elway for not doing his homework, but I'm pretty sure that Vic Fangio coming from Chicago might have said, listen, this guy's foot is probably bad, he's going to take a little while, but I promise you when he gets back to full form, he will be a number one contributor. I have semi-hope. I have cautious optimism for Bryce Callahan. He will contribute to this defense. Maybe not as a Chris Harris all-pro type player, but a definite starter who can make an instant impact. And wow. You guys might have just seen both of our eyes <laughs> yeah. like this. Glazing over. We have a new record holder. That's unbelievable. DW. It's knocked Machiavelli the goat off the pedestal for the biggest individual That's... donation. Dude, that seriously blows my mind. <laughs> I have no words right now. Seriously. I mean, we love you, DW. We appreciate you. And uh, thank you, know, you so much. It's it's nice to see that kind of support and appreciation because we love you guys too. And uh, we do put in the work to make sure we're here for you each and every night, break down what's going on with the Broncos, just on the podcast side. And then, of course, everything we're doing with all the other content we're bringing you. And it's good to, I mean, this makes us keep our nose to the grindstone. So you have no idea how much we appreciate it, bro. Wow. Says you guys do such a great job. Thank you. Our second and third brings us back into the first round. Our second and two-thirds brings us up around pick 20 to 21 in the first. What player do we pull the trigger on in that situation? Hmm. I mean, if that happens, it better be a player you had like a top 10 grade on, Zach, if you're giving that up. Hmm. I mean, it's not going to happen. But like if if a, maybe they – discover something at the combine and a guy like Jeffrey Okuda takes a tumble. You can maybe convince me that that could be worth yeah. it. But still, I just, our second and two thirds brings, man, giving up three of your top five picks in the top one or five picks in the top 100 to grab one player in the first. Yeah. I mean, what player I would say would have to be a top 10, like kind of, for example, Shane Ray didn't work out perfectly the way the Broncos intended it. But the reason they made a mini trade up to move up into the first round or move, you know, closer in the first round was because they had a 10, a top 10 grade on Shane Ray and he was there in the 20. So they moved up and they grabbed him. So if they had a similar player that they had graded that high, Zach, then you, I, I, I don't fault them for moving up a little, but giving up that amount of capital, man, I don't know that there would be anyone in this draft. I mean, maybe Okuda, I don't know that would fit Simmons. Maybe. Yeah. Simmons. Good. Thank you. But he's not going to be there. Right. So it's a it's great to spitball though. It's fun to think about. 
Of course, yeah. I just in, in this year's draft class, the Broncos not needing a quarterback. I I don't see why they would give up so much capital for one player like Chad just laid out. It's fun to always think about, and the Broncos, I'm sure, will be on the phone and and looking to trade up for Nokuda if he does fall. I just don't think it's totally realistic to think that when you look at the board this year, like we've been talking about, and it's pretty much assured the Broncos will have someone, whether it be a wide receiver, whether it be a lineman or a defender, fall into their laps at 15, not have to give up a draft pick for him. So fun to talk about. I just don't see it happening tg jumping in on super chat 20 dollars donation thank, thank you. you and by the way guys when we say thank you and we appreciate this i mean you have no idea how many times i get off this podcast kiss the kids talk to my wife and i'm just stunned like i'm yeah. just it's it's something that uh you know we have to pinch ourselves we love you guys you're we appreciate you so much and tg that means the world to us my friend um let's grab one or two more guys and then we'll cut out of here for tonight from chris on facebook he says I heard on 104.3 The Fan yesterday talking about signing Matt Paradis again. Is he a free agent already? Not to my knowledge. Let me double check really quick. There's no way. He signed like a four-year deal with the Panthers. I'm going to check uh, Let me check the old Google machine. I'm pr- I haven't heard anything on him getting cut. Uh, bear with me, guys. Yeah, there's no news on him being – anything other than a Carolina Panthers center. So if you were to be made available, uh, you know, if you were cut, maybe you see what, yeah, absolutely. You see what you could rekindle with him, Zach, but I just don't think that's going to be a realistic option. Right. I'm of the opinion the Broncos should never have gotten rid of Paradise to begin with, but considering I don't think the Panthers are cutting him and, and Elway's aversion to reuniting with former players, it's it's uh, not a question that we have to entertain, I believe. Steve wants to know, are you guys on Facebook definitely sold on Locke like all of us fans? I'm sold on him. I mean, you know, as a as an analyst, you have to temper some of the uh, wishful thinking, right? You just have to. If you want to maintain credibility and not get out over your skis, you got to be careful. But Locke, to me, I'm sold on him as the guy for the next four years. I think what he showed – and I, I, we told our, our listening audience leading up to the 2019 draft that this was a guy that has franchise-caliber tools. He blew me away, especially after spending 10 weeks in exile on injured reserves, Zach, how quickly he hit the ground running and what he accomplished in those five games. Just as a quarterback, just as an individual player, I was blown away at how quickly he overcame so many of the deficiencies he had. Despite the tools, he still had some drawbacks, he jumped over those leaps and bounds. By the time we saw him in week 13, week 14, he goes on the road to Houston and blows out that team. You know, ends up leading the Broncos to four wins in their final five games. Like, I was stunned. And so I think at this stage, it, I can go farther than saying, Zach, yeah, he's proved that he's the guy for 2020. I think he's the guy. The Broncos are going to give the entirety of his rookie contract, barring some kind of epic collapse, which I don't foresee. He's going to get the entirety of his rookie complex to settle or complex rookie contract to settle in and you know have the full faith and support of this organization. And they're going to see how far they can take this with a young, talented uh, thrower of the football, athlete, uh, charismatic leader, all of that on a cost controlled rookie contract. I'm not ready to put him in Canton just yet. I'm not ready to declare him in, in the ring of fame. I'm not ready to say he's going to be a 10-year starter and and match what Mahomes is doing in Kansas City, but he is the guy for sure for 2020, and he looks like the Broncos' first franchise quarterback since Peyton Manning came to town, and that's what's encouraging. Drew, Drew Locke just has it. You can't put your finger on what it is. You can't accurately describe what it is. It's just it. It's that factor. It's that alphaness. It's those intangibles, what makes him – and what separates good quarterbacks from franchise quarterbacks. And that's what Drew Locke has, and it's going to come out, I think, this season. He's going to be the starter. He's going to be the franchise linchpin, and how far he goes is on his shoulders, literally and figuratively. Kareem, last one, guys, and then we're going to wish you a great finish to your week and a great weekend. He says, give us, just for fun, this prediction. How many games does Juwan James start for us next season? You know, there's this fun kind of football karma, football gods-ish theory that, you know, in odd seasons, he's he's an injury case. When even seasons, even years, he's available for his team. So I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to trust the football fates and what history has proven out so far. And I'm going to say he's available for 14 games this coming season, Zach. 
I can see it happening for sure. I, I think at this point, though, I, we have to count his ga- his snaps and not his games played. So I, I'm going to say that he's available for more snaps than he's not available for. I think he will have, like Chad just laid out, a bounce-back season. I don't know how effective he'll be after an injury-marred campaign last year, and considering he got a big contract, there's some speculation that once he got paid, he would check out, and that kind of happened last year. But I think he will be a solid contributor, and I think he will help out even – uh, whatever inconsistencies Garrett Bowles still has on the left side. So I have a little more optimism around Jawan James, but it doesn't preclude the Broncos from going out and drafting a tackle either. They still need depth. They still need insurance just in case Bowles is Bowles or James is James. Absolutely. That's why I, c- I continue to advocate for this team. If you have a Wurfs there, if you have a Becton there at 15, mm. grab yes. either one of those guys. And, you know, Becton might not be suited to play inside, but like if it ends up being worse, you know, the, the, the counter argument to take in a tackle there is he's not going to start in 2020. So why would you waste that pick? Well, you could start worse at right guard. And then, you know, he's also your rotational swing tackle so that if something happened to Bowles or, or James, you bring someone else in at right guard, kick him out to one of those tackle spots. So we'll see how it shakes out. But anyway, Last one here from Awesome One One O One One O Two Broncos jumping back in. It says, uh, please answer this. Do you guys like the Broncos signing Yannick uh, Ngakwe, however you pronounce his last name, from the Jags? Guys, you remember that Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are still on this team? Like, <laughs> when is this guy going to play? Think right. about it. Hey, give me a million Everson Griffins. Give me a million Yannicks. In a perfect world, give them yeah. all to me, right? But if you sign either one of those guys – Who's who are you taking off the field so that they can get some snaps? So yeah, I mean it's fun. You, you, it's fun to spitball all the really good players in the league and what where they could maybe fit. Timing wouldn't be feasible right now, Zach, for the Broncos and and Ole Yannick. And plus you have Malik Reed, plus you have Justin Hollins, plus you have Draymond Jones, plus you might bring back either Shelby Harris or Derek Wolf. Like you just mentioned, Chad, not enough snaps to go around for a pass rusher like Ngakwe. Doesn't really offer too much against the run. The Broncos have those horses as well. It's always fun to speculate on free agents and tying them to the Broncos, but you have to look at it realistically. That's not a major need. Someone like Ngakwe, and they can go other positions, and they will, I think, this offseason. All right, guys, we could – Keep talking to you guys all night long, but uh, we got to cut you loose for now. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Massive thanks to our Super Chat donations tonight. You guys are uh, keeping the world spinning for us. We appreciate you so much here at the Huddle Up Podcast. Make sure you're following the show and each one of you for joining us and spending time contributing to the conversation here in the stream. We love it, man. We crave it. We look forward to it each and every night. So thanks to each and every one of you for joining us. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. As you guys know, it's simply the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And then don't forget to head on over and follow my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. You can find me, as you can see here, at Chad and Jensen. And then stay tuned, guys, because we'll be back in the saddle. You know, we're off for the next couple of days, Zach and I. Uh, but we'll be back Sunday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Mean. Uh, Meanwhile, you're going to have a fresh episode of Building the Broncos as a podcast only to listen to, and they just sent that to me. It's a conversation with John Ledyard, big-time draft guy, so look forward to that. And then, of course, um, Dove Valley Deep Divers will be having a live podcast on Saturday. But I think they're changing up the time, so make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, because we will be announcing what the time is and if you're one of our YouTube subscribers, if you're on YouTube, make sure you click the notification. That way when uh, something new comes out, we schedule a new stream. You get notified. It's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So in the meantime, Zach, my brother, have a great weekend. You as well, my brother in orange and blue. And I just want to tack on to what Chad said, that whether it's a big donation, small donation, or no donation, we talk off camera all the time, off there all the time, how humbled we are, how grateful we are, and appreciative we are for each and every contribution to the show. We love and live to serve you guys and answer your questions and interact with you. So everyone who donates doesn't donate. We truly appreciate everyone's interaction, and we genuinely love doing this. Couldn't have said it better. Oh, we'll leave it with that. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Have a great weekend, Broncos country. We'll talk to you ourselves Sunday, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.